So today we're going to talk about uh, a very dear subject to my heart is actually one of the core values of our church and it's honor. And honor and humility kind of have to go together. So we'll be talking about honor and humility. And like I said, um, you know, honor is, is, is a core value of our church. You know, honor is something that um, is at the foundation of the culture and it's, it's something that you feel, but you don't always know what it is. What is that difference? Why is it different? Why does it feel different? And when I learned about this over six years ago, it really set me free in so many ways because I was able to understand why, why sometimes things stop feeling the way they did before, why, some time, why sometimes I stopped receiving the way I did before, and it helped me um, see how is it that a lot of powerful men of God, a lot of powerful people um, could be part of the same church family, you know, and it was through the culture of honor. And so this is something that, uh, that we believe is something that, that we've seen work tremendously in our lives, in our church, and it has uh, helped us love better. You know, there's a book back there we sell, and if you've never re uh, read it, I would highly recommend you read it. It's called Keep Your Love On. But when you learn how to honor, love becomes so much easier. And so this is um, something that helped us a lot. And you ask many times, why is it that some cultures seem to be flowing with life and some aren't, right? You hear sometimes say like, oh man, it's dead, you know, that place is dead, or this, you know, this place is full of life, or over there, there's, they're having revival, and over there, there's, you know, this and that, and it's like, you, you, you can't understand, you can't pinpoint exactly what's happening, right? Why is it that I used to receive from someone, and then it stopped, right? I can no longer receive from that person, I can all, something happened, and I can no longer receive from such and such, and it doesn't nearly, it doesn't necessarily have to be, you know, a, a spiritual leader, we could be talking about a mentor, we could be talking about a teacher, we could be talking about, you know, somebody that you used to get life from, that you used to get something good out of, and you no longer do, why is it that that happened, right, why was there revival and then it died, why was I happy in my marriage at first and now I'm not? You know, like I'm sure many of you have heard of the 80-20, right? You know, when you first get married, you, you see no flaws, absolutely no flaws. And then as years go by, you discover that there are some flaws. And then you start magnifying that 20% of flaws, right? And you forget about the 80% of flawlessness that you fell in love with. And all of a sudden, you're unhappy, right? And so that all is linked to the same thing. And then uh, judgment and, critical, and the critical spirit have to do with this as well. But it's more than just judgment and the critical spirit. Um, so we're going to learn instead of what actually keeps the goodness flowing and what sustains this flow of life. Amen. Um, so again, judgment and a critical spirit obviously blocks these things, obviously stops the flow of life, right? It stops you from receiving. But what actually keeps it going is honor and humility. So we're going to talk about these, these two things today. Okay, so let me put it right here. Big. Honor, so you don't forget what we're talking about. Okay. And... Humility. 
All right. So let me, I'm going to read a lot of scripture. So if you can't get to all of it, be sure to write them down. You can study them during the week as well. Okay. But um, we're going to see what God says about this. So let's go to Proverbs chapter 15. Okay. If you have your Bible, let me hear the pages turning. And if it's electronic, we don't want to hear it because then that means your phone's not on silent. Proverbs 15 and verse 33, it first says, The fear of the Lord teaches a man wisdom, and humility comes before honor. Okay? So actually, humility comes first, and then honor comes. Okay? Humility comes before honor. Um, let's go to uh, chapter 18, just three chapters ahead, and we're going to read in verse 12. It says, Before his downfall, a man's heart is proud, but humility comes before honor. Right? Okay, and then we're going to go to chapter 22, and in verse 4. And it says, Humility and the fear of the Lord bring wealth and honor in life. I want to say this. Humility opens the door and honor draws from the gift. Okay? Humility opens the door. It comes before, right? It comes first. And honor draws from the gift. And you can say, what gift? Right? So we're going to talk about this today, and we're going to read a lot of scripture, so stay with me, okay? But I, I want you to be able to see the big picture, right? I say, humility opens the door, but honor draws from the gift. What are we talking? We're talking about life. We're talking about it flowing towards us, right? And why has many times have we felt like it stopped, like something stopped flowing, like there's no more life. I can no longer grow. I can no longer learn. I, can, I feel stuck. I am getting nothing. You know, many people have said that many times. I've heard them say that, you know, and I've felt that myself, and I've discovered why is it that that happened. So, again, humility opens the door. Honor draws from the gift, okay? 1 Peter 5.5, 5, I'm going to read this out of the Passion Translation. It says, in the same way, the younger ones should willingly support the leadership of the elders in every relationship. Each of you must wrap around yourself the apron of a humble servant because God resists you when you are proud, but multiplies grace and favor when you are humble. Okay? We've all heard this scripture. God, God resists you. God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. What is grace? Grace isn't just forgiveness, right? I mean, we, we've said this many times. Grace isn't just the rope that pulls you out of the pit. Grace is also the rocket full of fuel that launches you into everything that God called you to do. Grace is empowerment. Are you with me? So 1 Peter 5, 5 right here is telling us, right? God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. And if you see right in before those verses says, you know, it's talking about uh, honor is talking about being a servant. It's talking about supporting and honoring the elders, right? Then I'm going to give you a definition of honor that maybe, um, maybe you haven't heard before, okay? But honor is both the desire and the ability to recognize glory in others, okay? Honor comes from the word kabod. The Hebrew word for glory 
It's translated honor 32 times in the Old Testament. So when I recognize, whenever I recognize someone um, or something, when I recognize in someone the attributes, the gifts, the nature, or the power of God, I'm beginning the journey of honoring. Okay? So what is honor? It's when I am able to recognize in some other person the attributes, the nature, and the gifts of God inside of them. We've been talking a lot about spirit, soul, and body, right? And we talked about how the spirit is perfect. And when we're born again, we're redeemed, right? The Holy Spirit comes and dwells in our spirit, right? That part is perfect. Then we have the soul that we talked about, like that filter that sometimes is really dirty, like my pool filter was, remember? And then we have the flesh. And then we see the spirit is trying to get through the soul to manifest and to give life, right, into the physical realm. So you have the spirit that is perfect, and then you have the soul. And many times, the reason why we are not giving honor or able to see the attributes and the nature of God is because of somebody's soul. And what's in that soul is that personality too, right? And it's like, ooh, that's the personality that rubs me the wrong way. Oh, I just can't even hear that person because, ooh, ah. You don't even know them. But just the tone of their voice is just like too much for you and you just don't like their personality, therefore you, you can't receive anything from them. Right? Oh, man, his tone. Oh, his attitude. Well, what is that? That's soul. That's personality. That's flesh, right? But it is stopping you from receiving, from recognizing, what? The nature of God in them. The attributes, the gift of God in them. The power of God inside of them, right? Because they're a new creation. The Holy Spirit lives inside of them. They have a mantle. They have an anointing. They have a calling in their lives. And they have something for you to receive. But yet, you can't get it. Because there's no honor. Honor is the currency of heaven. It is through honor that we receive from one another. I had somebody say uh, a few years ago, like, oh, that's that's heresy. We're not supposed to honor man. It's like, well, that's not what the Bible says. Because God knows that it's through that that we bypass the soul and then we're able to see with God's eyes and we're able to see how God sees and draw from the gift that God deposited into them. Because many times people just want to receive straight from heaven, right? Which I love it when that happens, right? But many times he's like, no, you're going to receive it from your brother or your sister, the one that you dislike. Because I'm teaching you to love and honor one another. I mean, I've done that with my kids, right? Don't ask me. Ask your sister. But I, yeah, well, get right with her. <laughs> oh, I'm changing churches. <laughs> One more time. <laughs> this is fun. Okay. So honor is the desire and the ability to recognize glory in others, okay? Whenever I recognize in someone or something the attributes, nature, or power of God, I'm beginning the journey of honoring, 
okay? We also call this um, uh, gold digging. <laughs> and it's a totally different term than if you would YouTube that. <laughs> Don't. It's such a waste of time, okay? But gold digging, right? It's, it's, I mean, it's, it's not the easiest thing. Like gold isn't just laying on the top of the mountain like that. You got to get through a bunch of dirt to find the gold. See, it's, even the, the, if you've ever been around a toxic prophetic environment where you got hurt by the prophetic because somebody gave you a word that was more pathetic than prophetic, <laughs> it's because there was probably no honor in that culture, okay? Or there was no honor in there. Because there's nothing spiritual about telling somebody about the dirt that everybody can see. It is powerful when you can see through God's eyes and dig through the dirt and actually call the gold out of them. That's how we start the journey of honor and finding out the golden people and the godly attributes that he has placed in their lives. You with me? Okay. So, the cross reveals honor. Okay. Jesus valued us so much that he humbled himself to the point of death. So the cross should give us a, a really good measure of how much the person next to you is worth and valued by God. Because he, he gave his life. Listen, there is value in us from creation, right? We are God's creation. That is very valuable. But there's a lot more value in redemption. Because there was a higher price paid for our redemption than for our creation. You see that? We are redeemed creation. We were born again. Jesus had to pay that price with his life. Therefore, you know, when, when, when you're sitting next to a believer, they've been redeemed. Right? You, you get more value out of what Jesus did on the cross than just the very fact that we were all created by God, which in itself is incredibly powerful, right? You, you cannot talk down God's creation. But there was a higher price paid for the redemption. So the cross, Jesus going to the cross and dying for us actually adds a tremendous amount of value to us. I can't remember the name of this, um, this uh, I think it's Japanese pottery, um, that 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 is broken pottery and it's put together back with gold. What is it called? Yeah, that's it. Kintsugi. Yeah. Kintsugi. Kintsugi. Yeah. <laughs> Kintsugi, right? And, and that's, that's what it is. You repair pottery with gold. And they're incredibly expensive. And that's the picture of us, the redeemed. Like we've been... You know, we, we were redeemed, you know, by the blood of Jesus. We've, we were made new, but our value went up because out of our brokenness, he redeemed us and made something beautiful and amazing, right? right? And even though the, our history and our past no longer defines us, it still tells the testimony and a story of God's redemptive power. So our value has tremendously increased because I am redeemed. Okay. So the cross reveals honor. The price he paid for us was very, very great. 
Jesus' example of honor towards us establishes how we should treat others as well. Okay, so let's go to Romans. Well, I'm going to read it for you. Romans 12.10, you can write it down. And out of the Passion Translation, this one says, Be devoted to tenderly loving your fellow believers as members of one family. As members of one family. And then it says, Try to outdo yourselves in respect and honor of one another. Try to outdo yourselves in respect and honor of one another, right? That means the person next to you, right? See, we honor not because people deserve honor. We honor because we are honorable. Honor is not something that you demand. Honor is something that you give. Well, how do I get honor then? Well, there's another principle in the Bible. <laughs> it's called sowing and reaping, right? Honor one another. Philippians 2, verse 3 and 4. It says, Do nothing from selfishness or empty conceit, but with humility of mind regard one another as more important than yourselves. Do not merely look out for your own personal interests, but also for the interests of others. How are we supposed to treat one another as more important than ourselves? Does it say that they are more important than you? No. It's giving you a way of treating them. That's how you treat them. As if they were more important than you. It's, it's, it's just a, an example so that you know how to address them, right? Honor brings life, okay? So humility opens the door. Why does humility open the door first? Because it positions my heart in the right place, okay? Where? As treating others as more important than me. That's humility. See, there's a false humility that has been taught by religion, and that's the humility that says, oh, I am nothing, I am a sinner, I am a lowly being, you know, like I am nothing. And then we think that that's humility, right? Yeah. But that's not humility. That's actually an insult to God. Because he created us, number one. So we're his masterpiece. And number two, Jesus died for us. So we can't say that we are nothing and we're worth nothing because we're not insulting us. We're insulting, insulting the one that, that made us. Right? The Bible says that we did not create ourselves. We didn't, you didn't make yourself. So therefore you can't brag or, or talk yourself down. You're not your own creation. God created you. So that's false humility. It's religiousness what is actual humility humility is knowing your value and then treating others as more important than you but knowing that doesn't take away from you it doesn't take away from who you are and i think a lot of times you know the the mentality behind it is is that hey if i treat somebody as more important than me then that means that i'm less right so i have to treat them bad so that I look better, because I'm more important. Or at least, I'm trying to be more important. 
I mean, I know this, this is more of a, a, a thing that teenagers deal with, not really adults, right? So. Um, do nothing from selfish ambition. Okay, so humility opens the door. So humility puts me in the right position, right? Puts my heart in the right place. But honor draws from the gift. So honor brings life, okay? And um, we see this on the cross, okay? When Jesus died on the cross, right, what happened? Life flowed, eternal life for all of us, right? He honored you and me dying on the cross, right? Because he valued us so much. He saw the gold in us. He saw the redemptive creation. And he said, I'm giving my life for them. So he honored us, and what flowed out of it was eternal life. Life and life more abundant, right? And that's what he gave for us. Now, that's available to the whole human race, right? Everybody. God first revealed his principle to Moses, right? Where? In the fifth commandment, in Exodus chapter 20 and verse 12. It says, honor your father and your mother, that your days may be prolonged in the land which the Lord your God gives you. Honor your mother and father, and then what's the promise? Long life, right? And Ephesians actually says that you may do well in life and that your life will be long. So that means that honor equals life. Do you see that? So what does it mean if you do the opposite? Dishonor cuts off life. And when you start paying attention and you see people that have uh, bitterness and unforgiveness towards their parents, right? I mean, a lot of times that, that bitterness is causing so much sickness in their own bodies, Right? A lot of disease and, and, and stress and, and all kinds of issues. Right? What is it doing? It's, it's, it's taking life. It's not giving life. So if honor brings life, this honor takes life. Which is why many times you were receiving from somebody, right? You were getting fed, but then for some reason, many times an offense and many times an intellectual offense blocks you and you go from honor to dishonor and therefore you stop receiving and you can know if you're like what is, i'm not getting anything i am not getting fed why because you had an offense and that offense took you from honor to dishonor you know many times i say it's an intellectual offense because a lot of times it's not stuff that they somebody did directly to you it's just something that they did or said and you took it personal, you took it as an offense, right? And now you say, oh, they totally fell off my, you know, I had him in high regard, I no longer do, you know. What happened? That, you, you went from honor to dishonor, that's why you can't receive any more from them. But it's not something they did, it's something you did. The gift of God's still inside that person. We say, oh, well, that's just, you know, that's just the usher, you know. Well, that's just, you know, that's just the person that, you know, helps take care of the kids. Well, what do we do? We have Christian categories? Really? 
you know, we're building a, a church where you can receive from anybody, right, that has Jesus in them, right? Where you can get a prophetic word from the person greeting you at the door, and you can get healed by the person that is taking up the offerings, and you can, you know, have complete breakthrough uh, from an usher or the nursery worker. You know, and it's sad that uh, we've, we've, I mean, like, Christianity, the, the body of Christ many times has done these, you know, these levels of honor, right? Depending on, you know, who they are and the size of their ministry or if they are the pastor or if they are, you know, like. And then we block ourselves from receiving from the body of Christ who's right around us. And we limit ourselves from receiving from God, who God wants to use. Because we have dishonored the very people that Jesus died on the cross to honor. Right? You know, one of the things that I, I tell the, you know, one of my visions for our coffee bar is to, you know, that everyone will be trained like, well, you're getting your coffee, you get a prophetic word over there. You know? <laughs> So you can have your ice cream and eat it too, you know. You can have your coffee and get healed too, <laughs> right? I mean, that's that's called empowering all the believers. And when we dishonor, we disempower everybody else that is not up to our, you know, standard, up to what we think, you know, is a person qualified to be used by God in my life. Yeah. Children, can children pray for us and get healed? Can children prophesy over us, right? More than a lot of adults, I'd say, right? So many times we've seen miracles and in, in, in children from our church just like praying for healing and witnessing and prophesying. Why? Because we understand there's no junior Holy Spirit, right? So you're able to honor the Holy Spirit inside of them, right? But I just saw him throwing a fit, you know. You got to see past the flesh. You got to see past that, right? Some of those things are called immaturity. All right. Um, honor brings life. Amen? Honor brings life. Okay, so let me give you uh, a couple of examples. Uh, hope I don't make you hungry because I will make myself more hungry because I have second service uh, and I have about a couple minutes to finish. So here's um, what, what and, and I'm going to give you an example that has nothing even to do with church, okay? Here's a, a chef, like, you know, top of the world chef, and you want to be a chef. So you get to go intern with that chef, right? What is going to happen? First of all, you don't, you're not coming in to tell that chef everything that he's doing wrong because you just read it in a book, right? No. You come in with, what, humility because humility opens the door. And then you position your heart in a place where you can see, like, the years of experience and the things that he has fought through and the many experiments that have gone wrong and that have gone well and that have brought him to the place where he's at today to be a world-renowned chef. Right, And when you see that, what are you doing? You position yourself, and now you start drawing life through honor. Right, 
You start drawing from that. And what you get is the gift. And it's a gift, right? It's a gift from his life because you honored. And what you get is years and years of experience and learning from many, many mistakes that he made so that you don't have to. That's called a gift. It's like a shortcut, right? It's like the fast track, like a fast pass, right? Of years of somebody else's experience. Why? Because you you were in humility and you drew through honor what was in their lives. Right? And all of a sudden you come out of one year of internship with the knowledge of 25-year career of a world-renowned chef. That's honor. You see that? But what happens if instead of humility, I come in with pride and a critical spirit and be like, why does he have to dress like that? You know, why is he wearing sneakers? Like, does he not know it's the house of God? Like, why, what's up with the big mustache, right? He's a chef, like, oh man, why is he so eccentric, right? And you have this critical spirit, and what does it do? It, it turns it into dishonor. You can no longer receive. You've missed out. You've cut off the gift that you could have received from their life because you couldn't see past the soul, past the physical. Are you with me? Yes. And it's the same in the kingdom of heaven, right? You know, we like to get a lot of uh, guest speakers from different places and, you know, from different movements and, and things that God is doing. And, and sometimes they're different. They minister differently. Right? Sometimes they're really wild. Sometimes they're completely different. But what we choose to do, right, will determine whether we receive from the gift of God in their lives or we don't. Right? Oh, I can't stand his laugh. Oh, I can't stand, you know, his accent. Oh, I can't stand that he said that. Oh, I can't believe he gave that example. Oh, I can't believe he's, you know, in favor of that or in favor of that. Or, And what happens is the critical spirit, the pride, you know, the arrogance puts you in a place where you no longer can receive. So life stops flowing. I can't believe he used that word. <laughs> but when we create a culture of honor, right? Like, does that mean that everything they say is perfect and it's like I have to take? No. You learn that you have the Holy Spirit inside of you and that they're also human and they're not perfect. But there's a gift of God inside of them. If you position your heart, you will receive more. There's more people that are scared of being deceived than they trust the Holy Spirit to rightly divide and tell them this is it this is it this is it this is not it I hope you got that because I'm not going to say that again watch the video listen to the podcast um, okay don't have time for that don't have time for that <laughs> sometimes I'm going to say this sometimes people are very uncomfortable with uh, with somebody calling out the goodness inside of them, with somebody finding the gold inside of their lives, right? So, sometimes people get really uncomfortable when somebody is actually saying really good things about them, right? Whether it's prophesying or encouraging or pulling them. You know why? Because their own value of themselves is way lower than God has value for them. 
So you stay, you stay here long enough, you know, you'll have people come in and speak into your life and prophesying and, and calling out the gold, you know, all the time. Who, who here has received a prophetic word uh, uh, before here, here in church? And, okay, and how many of you have given one also here in church, right? right? And are you all prophets? No. But we all have the Holy Spirit, right? Because prophecy is to build, to edify, to encourage, right? And to call out the gold in other people. Dishonor drains the greatness from our culture. You know, 1 Peter 2.17 says, honor your rulers. We just can leave that there. <laughs> just so you know, it's in the Bible. But when uh, dishonor comes in and anarchy starts coming in, you know, what happens? Life stops flowing and destruction starts coming in. Lawlessness. So how do we change this? Well, we repent, right? Repentance and humility. Remove the logs from our eyes so we can see clearly. Um, you know, and just, just to touch on the, something really interesting, because I did mention uh, your spouse and your wife in the beginning. It says in 1 Peter 3, 7, husband says, You, in turn, must treat your wives with tenderness, viewing them as feminine partners who deserve to be honored, for they are co-heirs, co-heirs, no, not under heirs or, you know, like that co-heirs with you of the divine grace of life so that nothing will hinder your prayers. <laughs> Did I say honor brings life? So if you honor your spouse, right, you're good. But if you dishonor your spouse, your prayers are hindered. Because their daddy's saying, uh-uh. Your wife's dad is saying, oh, no. <laughs> Get right with my daughter, I know. Bring it back to the place of honor. I mean, it, I'm, just, I'm just reading the Bible. Don't be mad at me, right? It says right there. So that your prayers won't be hindered. So that nothing hinders your prayers. Meaning you keep dishonoring your wife and treat her like that. Your prayers are hindered. Right? What happened in Matthew 13, 54 to 58? Jesus was in his hometown. Okay, I have to read this, okay? Uh, Matthew 13. Are you getting something out of this today? Okay, Matthew 13. And I'm going to read real quick from verse 54 to 58. Because I want you to even see it happened to Jesus too. It says, coming to his hometown, Jesus, right? Where? His hometown, where he grew up, okay? He began teaching the people in their synagogue, and they were amazed. Now, how many of you know that Jesus did miracles everywhere he went? Yeah. Healed everyone, right? Cast out devils, like, he, he was crushing it. And then it says, where did this man get this wisdom and these miraculous powers? They asked, isn't this the carpenter's son? Isn't his mother's name Mary? And aren't his brothers James, Joseph, Simon, and Judas? Aren't all his sisters with us? Where then did this man get all these things? And they took offense at him. That's intellectual offense right there. But Jesus said to them, Only in his hometown and in his own house is a prophet without honor. 
And he did not do many miracles there because of their lack of faith. Let me tell you something. Familiarity can cause us to treat someone as common. This is Jesus, same Jesus. He's been doing miracles. What happened? Was his power not working in that geographical area? No. They treated him as common. They said, oh, it's the carpenter's son. <laughs> Nothing. It's just, you know, it's just Jesus. We used to call him G when he was little, you know. <laughs> I don't know. But what happened? Dishonor came in their hearts. And they treated him as common because familiarity can blind you to the gift in somebody. And what happens with that is then you stop receiving. And I'm going to tell you something. This is a problem uh, in the church too. Because many times, oh, many times, ministers put a big gap in between them and people. Okay? Because they are trying to create honor. And it works. Let me tell you what, it works because people look at him from a distance up a high on a pedestal. They don't know him at all, right? But they receive from him because they position their hearts to receive from the gift of God in them. So there's honor and they're receiving. But sadly, there's no family, there's no relationship, there's no realness, there's no vulnerability, there's none of that. So how can we have the best of both worlds? It's not by ministers putting distance. It's by people learning to create a culture of honor, right? Where the familiar, familiar doesn't become common. Where you recognize the gift of God in everyone, right? And you position yourself to draw from the gift in their life. Then we can have a family, a church family, and not lose the flow of life and the flow of gifts that are in each one of us. Are you with me? Okay. And I'm going to encourage you to go home and read 2 Kings 5. And read the story of Naaman. Because Naaman got offended, intellectually offended, Okay? He took offense, and he was about to miss out on his miracle. Yeah. He was about to miss out on his miracle. But then he repented, changed the way he thought, and then he received life. He received a miracle. Right? So repentance restores. Okay? Repentance restores the flow. Amen? Man, I'm looking at the clock and going, yes, no, yes, no, yes, no. I'm just going to trust that the Holy Spirit is going to tell you everything else that you need to hear. And um, what do you need to do? What you need to do is you need to check your heart and ask the Holy Spirit, right? Help me keep a heart of humility because humility will keep my sonship, will protect my sonship, right? Humility will keep me from the need to be right, which is such a heavy burden. The need to be right is such a heavy weight. It's heavy. Because what if you're not? Right? Then what's that going to say about you? 
Oh, I guess you weren't as spiritual as we thought. See? <laughs> right? I'm going to be dishonored. But humility keeps me and frees me from the need to be right. Humility keeps me in the position of sonship. Humility protects my heart from pride and offense. Humility opens the door. Honor draws from the gift. Say with me that. Humility opens the door and honor draws from the gift. Honor is the currency of heaven. Honor brings me good, long life. And I honor because I'm honorable. Amen? Let me pray for you. Father, I thank you for everybody here today, God. I thank you for our church family. I thank you, God, for humble hearts. Lord, and we repent today from whatever it is that we have participated, whatever it is, judgments, offense, criticism that we've uh, entertained in our hearts, God. I thank you, Holy Spirit, for showing us um, how to keep the flow of life into our lives. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I praise you in the name of Jesus. Amen.